You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. You need to be winning at the beginning of a case. You can't play catch up if you're the person who's bringing the lawsuit. And that means two things. One is, as best you can, you need to eliminate the worst bruise of all, which is jury bias. I won't be talking about this now. We've talked about that some in the past, and we may talk about it again in the future. But for now, I want to talk about the second step in winning at the beginning, which is you have to deliver a winning statement that assures you that you're not just ahead when you sit down from delivering your opening, but that you're still ahead when the defense sits down from delivering theirs. I often say it's not good enough to pat yourself on the back when you're done. It's only a good enough opening statement to pat yourself on the back when they're done. And I want to, before we go into, there's a three-step process that is a system that will allow you to systematically assure yourself of getting off to that kind of a winning start. And I'm going to talk about that in the next podcast. What I would like to do this part is to explain the underpinnings in the basis for why it is that you need to win both phases of opening statement, their side and yours, to make sure you're out ahead. And it really goes back like the caveman days. We are a very tribal people. Human beings are tribal by nature. And if you bring it forward and fast forward to today and you simply think about basketball, college NCAA basketball in March Madness, and you got 64 teams out there and people are glued to the TV and they're watching teams they could care less about. It's not their team most of the time. So why is it they're so fascinated? Because they have picked a team. And why have they picked a team? Primarily because of office pools. They have a little bit of a wager, and now they're rooting hard for one team, and therefore they watch game after game where otherwise they would have teams they didn't care about, and if they didn't care, they wouldn't bother spending the time to watch. Well, a trial works the same way. Those jurors come to court, and we are an entertainment-based society. People are on their iPhones. They're tweeting. They're texting. They're emailing. They're reading magazines, they're reading books, they're watching TV, they're in conversation, there is always input. Well, jurors then get locked down in a seat in a jury box. They're not allowed to play with their phones. They're not allowed to read magazines and books. They're not allowed to sit and talk amongst themselves while the activities of court are ongoing. And therefore, what are they going to do watching these proceedings that are taking place with two sides? It doesn't take a psychologist to figure out they're going to pick a team to root for so it becomes more interesting to them and they have more of a personal stake in it. And you want to be the team that they pick and just take it out of a courtroom. How do you end up picking a team when your team's not playing? Well, you may say, Gosh, I love those cool uniforms like the Oregon Ducks in football. Or FSU's got that real cool horse. So it could be something as trivial as, hey, I like their uniforms or their mascot. 
That's why you always want your desk when the jurors walk in to be neat. When they come in the first time, don't have your head down looking down at your notes. When they walk in the first time for jury selection, be up and greeting them with a pleasant face. You don't want a sloppy desk. You don't want your shoes all dirty. You want to make an appearance that, hey, this is a team that I could find myself pulling for. Then what's another reason that you would pick a team when your team's not playing? You will pull for an underdog. Well, you don't want to let the defense be an underdog by doing things in Vordire like, you know, we always have to go second. They always get to go first. That's why in Vordire, I take that from them and say, listen, they're going to get the last word. When closest in time to deliberation, they're going to be presenting their evidence. Now, we do get the last word one time, which is in rebuttal close, it calls. But the rest of the trial... We're going to put on our evidence at the front end, and they're going to be putting theirs closest in time to deliberation. And can you please keep in mind the fact they get the last word that you don't let that influence the outcome of the case and keep our evidence in mind from earlier? That's how I take that away from them. Now, you need to be careful because you always want to have your integrity in front of the jury. So I also will add in the other side of the coin. I'll say, well, some folks would rather get the first word in. And we do get to go first. And it would be unfair to them if you made up your mind when we presented our evidence before they got to present theirs. Now, they'll be getting to cross-examine and things, but can you keep that in mind so you don't make up your mind in our case before they put their case on? So either way you cut it, the sequencing doesn't impact the outcome. Can everyone be mindful of that? Yes. Now, the only reason I do that, honestly is, I shouldn't say only reason, I want them to be aware of it so it doesn't happen, but I also don't want to give the jurors this free shot at being the underdog. What's another way that people end up picking a team when their team's not playing? Well, everybody loves to root against a villain. That's why we love if we got evidence that the defense is lying. It's why it's devastating if your client gets caught in a lie, and I wouldn't go to court on one like that because we are not mercenaries. This is a calling for us. We want to be right. So the villain is another potential way the juror is going to pick a side. But having said all of that, those are nice concepts. It's very important for us to be aware of the underlying mental premises and psychological reasons and historical reasons for it. I tell you that most because I think it elevates the importance of the systems that I've developed that we be ahead in the beginning, winning in the beginning. So in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about a system, a one, two, three system that will assure you the best chance of being ahead after the defense sits down from their opening and keeping in mind, this is essentially important. Because of the tribal nature of people, you want to be the chosen team. Thank you. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.